0: XOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan, you are tuned into The Summer Sessions with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., also known as R.B.J. And tonight, we have a jam-packed episode, because for next hour, we're recapping the return of the 2022 Movement Festival. So keep the dial locked in as we feature some of the best music to come out that weekend, along with recorded interviews with performing artists Peter Croche, K2 and Lady Starlight. Right now, we're kicking the program off with a release from an artist who had an amazing set that weekend. And Rebecca Goldberg, a.k.a. the Three Acid Queen, with her track, Paradox Du Placier. This comes off her latest project, Trois Saint Trois, which dropped right on the heels of the festival, Weekend. And after this, we're going to transition into a latest release from Andres on Motor City Wine Recordings. So peace, thank you, stay tuned, and as always, enjoy. Everyone, 88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. We are live at the 2022 Movement Festival, and right now I am talking to one and only Mister Peter Kroes, legendary DJ, head of Roxie Disco. Just got done killing the set at the Made in Detroit stage. So just Peter Croch last night you were at Motor City Wine, and now you just got into killing it during Memorial Day weekend, one of the biggest stages a Detroit DJ can have. So just how have the past 24 hours been for you?
1: It's been a whirlwind. Uh, Friday night. So, so this week was actually really busy. Rewinding back to Monday, that was kind of when my week started, because um, in addition to Rock State Disco, I run Motor City Wine Recordings, and we just put out a record from Andres. And then I also uh, I do a Detroit exclusive record every you know movement week because there's so many people digging for like dope Detroit vinyl during this week. So I was just running around to record stores and on Thursday I was like, oh man, I need to like get inspired. Like I got I got three sets ahead of me. I need to get inspired. So I just like you know locked myself in the vinyl cave and just started packing records and listening to records. And then Friday night I went to Body and Soul at Spotlight. Joe Claussell killed it, Danny Crivet, Francois K. And then, uh, yeah, I got up Saturday and did our seventh annual Viva La Resistance party at Motor City Wine. Best one yet. Unbelievable. After the set was over, I was like, okay, I just need to sit down for like an hour. Like, I just feel like I left it all. You know what I mean? But yeah, so then I woke up today, had myself a breakfast burrito and a Aperol spritz, and then headed on over to uh, the festival here. And uh, like you said, like, one of the biggest stages that Detroit DJ can, can be on and... I don't know. there was a great turnout in the crowd. Um, I got to do my thing. Like I, I feel like I jumped all over the you know genres and whatever I like to play, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm just really grateful for everyone that was out there, man.
0: So, I don't know how much you think about a set uh, before you perform, but what did you have planned for that set, like in your mind? And what actually happened, you know, when you hit the decks?
1: That's a really good question because I normally rarely plan sets. Like maybe first, second track and last track. Um, last night at Evil La Resistance, I, at Motor City Wine, I like had a set planned. But the way Eddie Logic set me up, I just completely left turned and just like, it was like flow state, bangers, whatever. Um, today uh, was probably the most like orchestrated rehearsed set I've ever done, to be honest. Um And part of the reason why is I was kind of viewing this set as like a recital, for lack of a better term. Like, I figured there was going to be a lot of people who never heard me before. So I I brought out some records that, like, I played a lot in, like, 2015, 2016, 2017 that I think are just, like, some of my all-time favorites. But it's cool. Like, I'm a a resident at Motor City Wine and Temple Bar, and so I can, like, always keep it fresh there. But this one, I, like, really wanted to show people, like, what a Peter Croce set sounds like. And so... um, yeah, I brought out some of my all-time favorites. I played some new stuff. I played some unreleased stuff that might not ever come out because uh, I try to like, I don't know. I'm really into the art of DJing, and a lot of times you go see a DJ because they play unreleased stuff. Um, but I will say there was a couple, there was a couple left turns from the from the rehearsed set. Like I, I played this geology joint that I wasn't planning on playing, but I had to. Like I tracked so hard. Um, and then at the end of the set, I wasn't entirely planning on ending with like salsa bangers. <laughs> But, yeah, I had to. I just was, like, reading the crowd. I said a few minutes left. I was like, yes. And actually, here's the funny thing. That, a couple of the tracks I played were from my Movement 2020 playlist. Like, because I was booked for Movement 2020. Obviously, we know what happened. Um, And so, towards the end of my set, I was like, what was I going to play in 2020? And I was, like, scrolling through, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to break this back.
0: So, you know, just talking about that two-year break, as a fan and as a dj and as someone who loves music what does it mean to actually spin records for an actual crowd in the festival environment you know after being away for just so long
1: yeah i think i took it for granted i think i um i was expecting it to be cool yeah. like all this week the festival all be people i just got to the festival today at 3 p.m because i was so tied up yesterday but I just, I really took for granted how, how beautiful of a weekend this is, you know? Like we're really special here in Detroit that this is such like a, it's like a like a rumspringer, man. <laughs> like everyone's coming out to just dance and like make friends and hear some new music. And I don't know, last night, uh, like Ocean Lade's at the party, you know, like you're run, you just run into people. And, and that's kind of like the best part. And then music is just the catalyst for that.
0: So, just wrapping things up, um, you know, you got the whole summer ahead of you, you have releases on releases, but how do you just want to remember today, knowing, you know, all the time you had off and all the time that you have ahead of you?
1: You know, what, today, in many ways, it felt like um, kind of the cherry on top of an already great weekend. Um, I wear so many hats with what I do. Like DJing is my first and foremost love. Uh, Running the record labels and A and Ring for that is probably number two. Producing is number three. But I just feel like this is the beginning of summer. You know what I mean? It's it's not the solstice or the equinox. It's it's movement weekend, and um, I'm just feeling like proper warmed up. You know, like I got I got gigs coming up uh, like in Nashville. I got gigs in Wisconsin. I got gigs locally, and I'm just so excited. I feel really, really warmed up for it because I mean, even though I love DJing during the pandemic, I I had to kind of like block it out of my mind a little bit just for my mental health because I just didn't know when it was coming back. Some people put their head down and practiced a lot. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to do some other stuff. And so now I feel like, okay, the cobwebs are off. We scraped the rust off. It's like it's time to go. So now after after tonight, it feels like it's time to go.
0: Peter just Thank you for all that you do for the city, all that you do for the music scene, and just thank you for what you did today. We appreciate you, and we always look forward to what you have planned next.
1: Thank you so much. It's a real honor. I've, uh, I've admired your work from afar, and I'm really grateful to be interviewed, man. Thank you so much.
0: You are very welcome, as always. So, all right, everyone, 88.3 WXOU FM. Auburn Hills Michigan we are live at the 2022 moving festival thank you Peter and you know we'll definitely chop it up again 88.3 88.3 WXOU Auburn Hills, Michigan That was our first interview tonight with Peter Croche. The next interview with K2 is coming up shortly but for now we're going to hear a release from Ian Finkelstein titled Claremont Car Wash Peace and stay tuned WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. We are live at the 2022 Movement Festival, located in beautiful Heart Plaza. And right now, I'm talking to a duo of Steven Starrupulos and Tim Barrett, better known as Detroit Musicians, K2. Gentlemen, you just had an amazing set. So with all that in mind, just how are you feeling right now?
2: That was the craziest thing that's ever happened in my life. Honestly, I'm joking around. But no, it was actually really, really, really good. Um, felt crazy. Been going, to, been coming here for a really long time. And kind of weirdly always had a goal. Not that I knew how it was going to happen. Or I, I, one day I wanted to play the fast and uh, it happened today and it happened to go well Uh, so that's just really all I could ask for and it was honestly such a good experience I wouldn't trade it for anything so the crowd was vibing we were vibing and it was really good that's all I could say
3: Yeah, I mean
2: the only thing I can add is it, it, it felt
3: like a culmination of all the hard work and time that we put into it individually, collectively and just you know, being good friends, I mean, best friends for 15 years and spending all that time making music together. And um, I don't know, that was like the peak of what we could ever imagine and wanted to do with music. So it feels really special and it it, it felt like everybody was there to show support and like they chose to be there with us and it was cool to see that. So it was, it, it felt easy, weirdly, even though I was nervous. They, people were there for, to be there with us and I don't know just that fact alone made me feel more comfortable on stage and I don't know allowed me to per- just perform in a way that was felt easy and na- as natural as it could be so it was cool, it was really cool
0: um, So just for people who don't know you guys have been just tooling this act yeah. around venues like Marble Bar and just pretty much all around the city so with that in mind, how different is it translating the music from like a club atmosphere to a festival atmosphere? So
2: I don't actually know because this is my first time doing this, but... Um, so first of all, there's a lot of variables when you're playing at a club setting, especially like a DIY club setting. Like a place like Marble Bar knows what they're doing, honestly. Um, but like another place, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know where you're getting into. Um, the experience here was a lot cleaner. Um, you walk on stage, the sound check was, you know, you just get in, get out, you do it. It sounds really good. The whole onstage presence sounded really good. I don't know the crowd. Obviously, the crowd size is a lot bigger at a place like this. Um, It didn't really, I didn't, I don't think it played a role. It didn't really affect me. Like, it was actually better to look out and see all the people because at a club setting, you can't really see the people and how they're vibing and, like, if they're liking it or if they're not liking it. But here, you could, like, really, like, look at everybody's face and, like, see the reaction. So you could play off that a lot more. Um, And that's what I'm going to say. I don't know what you want to say.
3: Not to really add anything, but I, I just felt like not that we were trying to adapt. set to a festival crowd it it felt like we were we do what we do regardless of the environment and everybody chose to kind of be there and interact with that regardless of like maybe what the set was gonna be and so like when they embraced it I feel like we both individually and collectively uh, embraced it even more so like they they were there to experience whatever we were doing as a live set as a live act um, and that was really encouraging to be honest because I don't know if we collectively think about how it's going to translate or like what a festival set is going to be, but it, we were just trying to make music and make a set that was honest, and everybody f- seemed to just support that regardless, you know, of what we were going to do. So that was like being up there in real time. It was like, I don't know, that, that sort of like response and feedback. It was really cool and encouraging, and it, I think it pushed us to just keep doing what we were doing, you know.
0: So you guys talked about how you've been friends for just pretty much over 15 years, and you're always making music together. When it comes to K2 and performing live, help us understand how you both like play off each other from a gear perspective, and just from a personal perspective.
2: Yeah, okay. So when you write a set, so we write a new set every time we play a show. So every time we do a live set, it's a new live set. Um, so when we do, when we start rehearsals, like the first like five or six rehearsals for that, for that gig or whatever it's going to be, um, we typically have to talk a lot more. Like during the set, like we'll look at each other and we have to kind of like, uh, I'm gonna take the bass out now, and then you bring in this bat or whatever. What do you do? Like, you know, we have to talk a lot more. Slowly, though, as you start to practice it more, it becomes kind of automatic and it becomes almost like telepathic to where, like, yeah. Tim kind of knows what I'm gonna do. And if I, even if he doesn't know what I'm gonna do, like, I'll start doing it, and then he'll be like, oh, all right, cool, but like, I'll, I'll follow your lead, or, and I'll do the same for him, too. Yeah. So it's like, it gets to the point where like on stage we only probably talked like three or four times like unless we were like making fun of each other or like you know just make make telling jokes but like as far as like actual song structure or like what are you going to do next kind of thing we probably only did that like once yeah, realistically or twice because at that point like you just kind of you know what the other person's going to do you've been as a person and as a musician like I kind of know what he's going to do next so yeah
3: it's like this weird married couple like long term it is I mean a long-term relationship that um, you can kind of just anticipate what the other person is going to do and how they're going to respond, and we don't have to talk about it. It's just it's very instinctual. Again, only because we've been doing this together for 15 years and like really have this. Un- not as K two for 15 years. No, but just playing together for a long time, and um, we just share this bond language that we don't have to like explain to each other like I mean that might seem weird to a crowd or like how do you guys do that but like it for us it's very instinctual it's very natural just because of the length of time we've been playing together you know and being in different bands and it, it's I don't know it's just the way that, that we communicate and like that's a very special bond that only him and I share that like I, I don't know that It's hard to explain to other people and like to express that, yeah, It's, it's just how it is. I don't
0: know. All right, so just wrapping this up, you both have this, you know, very long creative relationship and you're obviously going to continue making music together. So with this being your first festival, how do you both just want to remember this weekend?
2: First movement. Of many, hopefully, not the last one. Let's be let's be clear about that. That's we'll be back hopefully, and uh, yeah, as much as we can play, man. We're trying to do this thing like for real. So that's it. It's literally it. This is uh, this is our lives. This is everything we've ever cared about, and I hope that people can see that by how hard we work and how much effort we put into this, and like we're literally out there like in the studio. Constantly, constantly, just making stuff, making productions, working on live sets. So it's like we just we're just trying to do this, like for real. So that's really it.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Not, I mean, oh, he kind of summed it up, but
3: like this is, and I have no shame in this. It's just, like this is my first movement experience, and yeah, to, to to honestly to be invited to do this and be a part of this has been like a complete. Um, mental trip for me and just the fact that we get to share this together and musically have this dynamic and language and share that with an audience who like was willing to show up is very cool and I'm like I feel very blessed to be here and share that with everybody else it's it's, it's cool it's very cool
0: alright so Tim, Steven once again congratulations on An excellent set. Uh, We appreciate you. The city appreciates you. And we want to see you do this again many more times in the future. Uh, So, congratulations and all the best with everything you have planned going forward. Um, Speaking of which, do you have anything planned, you know, just music wise? Uh,
2: No, no. Well, we got another band called Decliner. Just check it out Decliner Music punk rock, techno, biker disco. Crazy. We got a record that I'm currently mixing right now. It's gonna come out soon. It's gonna be sweet. That's a whole other thing, but check out Decliner music in Detroit. And we're playing at UFO with our our best buddies, hot to death. Uh, We're opening for Blue Hawaii next week. No, two weeks. Two weeks, Two weeks, Blue Hawaii, UFO factory. We're writing a whole new set. Uh, jungle rainforest type trip hop thing it's going to be crazy ambient water bottle type of thing Uh, pull up 8.3
0: 8.3 WXLU Auburn Hills, Michigan You just heard my interview with Detroit's own K2 Our last interview with Lady Starlight will be coming after a quick commercial break but for now you can hear Starry Ave from Pittsburgh based artist Thomas Cox Office debut release 937100. xou auburn hills michigan if you're just tuning in we're in the middle of our special 2022 movement recap our interview with lady starlight is coming up shortly but for now we're going to enjoy her track g 3.1 peace thank you and stay tuned 3, WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is Roosevelt Belton Jr. live at Movement 2022. Um, we are at day three, you know, last day, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to just a phenomenal artist, DJ in person, Lady Starlight. How are you? And thank you for talking to me.
4: I am very good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. And thank you for your nice words
0: just honored to speak with you um so just talking to you as just like a a fan of techno and just an artist i know a couple years ago you shared a bill with jeff mills so now now that you're sharing another bill with him in his hometown you know how's it just been just as a fan of him and just a fan of techno just being in the birthplace
4: yeah, that was like sharing, uh, sharing a be- uh, bill with Jeff was just like next level. I'm such a huge fan. Uh, and I was wonder, it was wonderful to be able to get to meet him and maintain a relationship with him as a and I consider him a friend and he's just the most nicest person and no attitude and just like everything I'd hoped, you know, sometimes you meet artists and you're very disappointed at maybe they're not quite as nice as you were hoping, or like maybe their intentions are a little different than you uh, interpret them to be, which intention to me is very important in art. And uh, if their intentions are off, that really is, you know, sometimes it ruins it for, for how much you like their music. It's happened to me before. Uh, but you know, with Jeff, it's just exactly who you'd hope he would be. So it's very exciting. And uh, yeah, being in Detroit, you know, if it also, I'm such a, such a big fan of Mike Banks and, you know, he's my really direct influence in what I'm, what I write. It's always like my, the, the reason I started making techno is because of the, his track, Star Dancer. Because it was like, I, how did he, what I wanted to figure out was how is it, possible. It's eight minutes, and then after, it seems like nothing's happening, but eight minutes later, I'm still listening to it. So, like, what? And I was like, I have to figure out how to do this. And then I started making techno. So, I figured it out, I think. uh, Maybe someday, I'll figure it out someday.
0: It's working out wonderfully, just from my vantage point. Um, So, just talking about, you know, your performance, um, you're obviously a phenomenal DJ, and you're also a phenomenal live performer. For this year, you actually perform live. When it comes to choosing what you want to do, why does like performing live maybe take precedence over just doing a DJ set?
4: I actually have not done a DJ set in six years. Oh, wow. So I really wanted to, um, I think it was maybe Terrence Fixmer. He said something, you know, he's. Uh, phenomenal live act and he said something that i read in an interview that was so uh really stuck with me that about how why he doesn't dj and it's the same reason it's like if you stop the only way you're good at a live performance is by doing it all the time and if you take breaks between the live sets you're gonna be stressed you're not gonna have fun and you've just gotta do it all the time so i wanted to focus on just doing a really great live set. And also, there's so many DJs, I'm not passionate about DJing, I'm passionate about making music. And there was so many amazing DJs, like, I'd rather leave the people who are passionate about it to do the DJing. And for me, I do what I'm passionate about, which is making music. So I don't want to muddy the waters. There's too many, like, djs just being djs you know i feel like that that needs to be special and you have to it's a totally different life it's a live set also you know the good djs <laughs> it's a very great live set so i feel like uh the integrity of djing needs to be on a higher level and that i would rather do live and also you have to choose something you do and just do it and do it and be, try to just be the best at that. So, choosing to do a live set, live, to do live techno, I was like, no, I could probably make more money DJing because I have more opportunities, but nope, no, no, I'm going to stick to that path. And then, so then when you're, when you get somewhere with that path, you know, it's not replaceable. You have so many disposable kind of DJs going on in the scene and, you know, it's, it's just you've got to stick with what you love and keep doing it even if it's perhaps not a good financial decision (laughs) i make a variety of bad financial decisions seems to be dj bad financial decisions could be my alter ego (laughs) yeah so yeah i just i always uh pick the live show and i I love it wouldn't do it any other way
0: (laughs) um so just talking about that for you personally, from maybe like a gear perspective and maybe just like um, personal preferences, what do you try to bring to like a live performance for fans and just for yourself?
4: I, my main, um, actually, this is inspired by Jeff Mills that I, remember, I read something with him about what he wants to do. His intention is like to take people to a different place, you know, and this is really exactly what I'm trying to do is to take them to like to another dimension, but like a special place that's outside of yourself that I'm to, I have to create that. So everything is just like one, I don't play tracks. It's just one thing the whole time taking you on this journey. And so that's my goal is to, you know, like put people in this weird place and uh, you know, you've gotta be really patient. So it moves kind of like just meandering around. So my goal is to, Right, like get people into this special, you know, psychedelic kind of space in the universe. So that's my goal. I try to achieve. I think Jeff does it maybe a little bit better than me, but um, I try, I try, I try. So yeah, I think about when I'm making the music about what kind of reaction it's going to have, but not in terms of like hands in the air, like, eh, you know, like these drops or whatever. It's more like I hope that to bring somebody into this space that exists that I'm going to create so I hope to get them outside of themselves in a particular way that I have decided to take them (laughs) and I I try to make uh, I, I can't do any other music than I want to I mean then I can't it's like I feel like I have no choice because I have these ideas and they just have to come out and even when I when I try to do something different try to like tailor maybe this is more of a festival gig I should maybe do something a little bit more straightforward a little heavier you know to get people going but I cannot do it I try to like make different kinds of music that aren't I just can't do except what I'm going to do so it's like whatever comes in my brain I just have to do it and I can't do anything else so a prisoner of <laughs> my own brain <laughs> help me uh, get me out of here <laughs> somebody help me so anybody out there i'm calling or help
0: um so from what i get from listening that is like your music is very just temporal everything's just like a time and a place um but are there moments where you're like you notice something that maybe works in a moment that you try to bring it to another moment or it's just like it's just a closed door like, this is going to be here. I'm going to lead this here. And I'm going to try to create something new in the next moment. Do you have that? Or like, you try to ever try to capture something or just everything just in a moment?
4: Yeah, I think like um, writing the constraints of like a live set. Um, I spend so much time writing it. So it has its own story already. So unf- I wish I could be a little bit more flexible when I'm doing using different things. Like I, I can do improv sets, but it's like in a different environment in a dance music environment where, you know, you're playing, I'm playing after a DJ who is just hyping up the crowd. I've got to like, you know, there's no time. Like when you're, when you're doing a live performance, like first you only have two hands and you have to do things very quickly and you have to know exactly where they are. So I write this set and it all goes together into itself. So to deviate from it, I can do, but I've I've written the story. So the story is there and I just, it's my job to make sure that I convince the people that that they like it, even if they don't. <laughs> I'm trying to sell it to them. So yeah, it's, uh, I can't, that's, that's the unfortunate. I mean, a lot of live performers can do that and I have so much respect for that, but I have a story that I want to tell. So it's the written story. No, it's more like a, you know, I see it more like a band. Like, they're not going to just change their set based on, like, somebody in the front row, like, giving them a, like, stinky face or whatever. I'm like, and I'm gonna be like, okay, well, let's do, well, what song do you want to hear? You know, it's like, so you got to, it's a presentation. So that's how I kind of view it. Because I think, oh, I should change it all the time. But somebody, people talk me down. I'm like, look, a band is not going to play the same, different songs every time. They have a set, they've developed it, and that's how it is. And it's okay just to keep, present what it is that you have so but the good thing cool thing about djing or improv is that you can respond to the crowd and sometimes i wish i could do that more but because there's a lot of like uh stinky poo faces sometimes (laughs) but i (laughs) it's cool if you like it you know everybody nothing is for everybody so If it is, then you're really not doing anything interesting, (laughs) and you should rethink your choices.
0: (laughs) So, just Lady Starlight, just wrapping things up. You know, we're talking about living in the moment, writing the story. Now that you've had this experience at movement, yeah, pretty probably like many more experiences coming up. Um, just being in the birthplace of just electronic music the home of Jeff Mills Mike Banks how do you think you want to remember like this festival and this trip
4: I think um, it's also not only just my first time playing it's the first time I've been here so it's just been on the you know it's one of those bucket list things I think anybody who makes electronic music whether it's house or techno or trance or you know if hip hop whatever you want to this is a this is, uh, you know, just at every, on everyone's list because, um, I think it's because the it's about the people and it's about like different age groups, um, different socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, everything is so diverse. So it's really like, I, I, it makes things so much more interesting. So, and it's important to have a push and pull of a crowd where you need to you need to be playing to people who are not really ready for what you're going to play because that's how you bring people into it and you have that juxtaposition where people are like oh wow okay this is happening over here and so I think that uh not I like to push and pull I would say of crowds reacting and not everybody has an idea of exactly what they want that's more of a you know that's a problem and nightlife i think in general people just want to hear what they want to hear and they don't want to um they don't want to trust they have a hard time trusting the dj or the performer i found that to be like when i first started going to raves you know i was there to see the dj i wasn't there to hear a track you know what i mean i just wanted to hear well what were they what are they going to do you know it's about that you wouldn't you know, to play tracks that people knew, that's what you would not want to do that. You want everybody not to know what you're playing and never have heard it before. So I like that there was not so much of an expectation of like following the script. There's a lot of script following right now. I'm, you know, just, uh, yeah, in all kinds of music, I think a lot of um, script following. It comes from, you know, YouTube and everybody's ability to just no radio anymore. You're never forced to listen to anything that you don't want to hear already. So, I mean, if I wasn't forced to listen to things, how do you find anything new? You know, I don't, I don't understand that. So people do, which is great. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I like, uh, I get that old, that feeling here of people listening without expectation. So this is a wonderful, very valuable thing that I haven't felt in a while. So I'm very happy. (laughs)
0: Right, Lady Starlight, just as an amazing artist, an amazing person, we are very happy to have you here. We are very happy just heard you, you know, yesterday. So from WXOU to the city of Detroit, you know, thank you for doing this and just all the best going forward.
4: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me to be here. I'm happy. Thank you. Bye.
0: WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. You just heard my interview with Lady Starlight. And with that, we are officially wrapping up our show for tonight. I want to thank Peter Kroesch, K2 and Lady Starlight for both their time and also want to congratulate them all on having excellent performances. I also want to thank and credit friend of the program, Jordan Buzzy, for running sound and video during all these interviews. So peace, thank you, and please visit FridayNightGroove.com for more information on all the artists featured in this program. So, we're going to leave you off with one more track. And that comes from the Choice Own Brian Kage titled Learn to Surrender from his recent 808 in the Great Lakes release.